Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. Workplace cultures today are tough. Especially today, they're tough. Our workplace cultures have physically expanded to people's homes. With that being said, how do we drive our workplace cultures? And I think to a certain extent, and this might be an unfair statement, organizations reactively develop their workplace cultures. Often, we will have workplace engagement scores, or we'll have a pandemic, and then we have to show sensitivity and caring and empathy, or then we have to show resilience because we've gone through a tough time. And all of those things are valuable. I do not mean in any way to demean them. Yet, to a certain extent, they're reactive. We're reacting to a market or an industry condition. Often, when I talk to human resource leaders or training or chief learning officers, and I'll ask, what are you doing to drive your workplace culture? And a lot of times I'll hear the rhetorical, which is, again, good stuff. You know, we do an engagement study or... We have a tool that measures and we do, you know, stay interviews. And those are, again, really valuable techniques and strategies. And often I'll hear we train our leaders and, you know, in mentoring, we have this program. And again, we sell some of those programs. So again, not demeaning what companies are doing. Yet often they're developed in a reactive mode. So in the last two weeks, I've had three companies, three, dare I say, major companies reach to us and, you know, reach out to us and say, well, we need to create an emerging leader program. I said, awesome. What do you want them to do? And we got into tactical things like feedback, communication, effective listening. And so all three companies, I said, what about imparting positivity? What about proactively imparting positivity? What do you currently do in that area? All three companies literally just stared at me on virtual calls and said, you know, we don't. I said, isn't it interesting? And I think we as a company are often in a very reactive mode. You know, what's the industry showing? You know, what's, what are the market trends? Let's build something so we can make money. Yet when I look back at some of the case studies that we have and clients that we have, I remember years and years ago with the Milwaukee Brewers when we started, we started doing some tactical sales and customer service training, and then we implemented our coaching program. And I remember their vice president at the organization, great guy by the name of Jim, would literally say to me, you know, what what can we do when you're not here? What can we do? I said, honestly, just be upbeat. Acknowledge the good things that they're doing. Look for opportunities to praise and raise their mentalities. And we implemented something called feedback progressions. So when they would practice the first four to five sessions, we would only provide positive feedback. You know, what did your partner do well? 
What did you do well? And then we'd get to, I'd say, about the fifth or sixth practice session, we'd start to implement a word called opportunity to address the constructive areas where they needed to improve. And then I think about another client. We had a manager who was really resistant to becoming a coach. He said, we're busy enough. We're busy enough. And I said, well, walk me through a week. Just walk me through a week of what you do to interact with your employees. Just tell me of a typical conversation. And I played dumb and pretended I was really, really interested because I knew a lot of his interactions were very constructive, what people were doing wrong. So he started to tell me and we were in a group session and he went on and on for about three to four minutes. I said, well, how would you characterize those from an energetic level from the perspective of an employee? He said, well, I think they're really helpful. And the person next to him said, that's not what he asked you. He asked you from the perspective of your employees. And he said, well, I think they get a lot out of it. And I said, well, how do you specifically know that? I'm not questioning you, yet I'm wondering, what do you use to ascertain that's exactly how they feel? And he looked dumbfounded. So I looked at him and we met later. And, and when I looked at him in the meeting, we just kind of stared at each other. I knew he wasn't pleased with me. And I went back to his office and I said, look, can I ask you for a huge favor? I know you're resistant to this. I totally get it. I said, what if you didn't do what you have been doing for 30 days and you and I did an experiment and you just praised your people, no constructive feedback. I said, would that really blow up your numbers? Would that really blow up everything you're doing? He said, no. I said, would you be willing to try it? I mean, really try it sincerely. And then you can come in this room in our team meeting next month. And if it doesn't work, you can blow me out of the water. He said, okay, I'll do it. Now, he ran a sales and customer service area. His name was Sean. And numbers went up in two of his areas, 9 and 11% in only 30 days. Then I think about a publisher that we have out in Vail, Colorado. And this was a guy who just did not want to do the coaching, did not want to attend the coaching. When he attended, I don't think he liked me very much. And his name is Bryce. And afterward, we ended up having a conversation a couple weeks later. And he said something that I always share with people that I think is one of the most invaluable things I've ever heard. He said, look, I get that people give you the traditional excuse, I don't have time to coach. I get that. He said, we really are under a time crunch. I can't delay the publication of a newspaper. And I sat there and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? That's probably the first really good, valid no time excuse for coaching explanation I've ever heard. So we started to develop a really good friendship, a great friendship. And something interesting happened. We started to implement nonverbal coaching. He started to put notes in people's desk. He'd sign it anonymous. He started sending handwritten cards home. And he said something else to me that I thought was so invaluable. He said, what you really don't understand is people don't come here for careers. People come here to work so they can get on the ski slopes a lot of times by 5.30 at night. And I sat there and I thought, boy, that's interesting. So I took a step back, came back to him. I said, what if you took people outside and did walking coaching breaks and just talked? 
Now, the funny thing was, is this guy's very confident. He's very passionate, loves what he does. So often, much like myself, we can come off perception-wise intimidating. And he found by walking with people, he was having these great conversations and things began to dramatically improve. The ownership group have said, of all the things that you've done for us, he's been the one that has been just at a superstar status when it comes to coaching. Now, why did I share those three stories? Because their success all came back to proactively building workplace cultures through positivity. Think about that. Now, let me end with a really cool story. We have a client, a credit union, that really does a phenomenal job. They're very strategic. They're phenomenal to their people, all the way up to the CEO. Some of the best leadership I've ever seen in my life. And yet they are a very tactical, professional, sincere organization that really prides itself not only on reputation, but the way they present themselves. Again, ultra, ultra professional. And during the pandemic crisis, one of their leaders did something that I thought was so creative. And they found that by going through the drive-thru, we were having transactional interactions, right? What a shock. Nobody was allowed in the branches. So they started to play music and sing when people came through the drive-thru. And as I understand it, the story goes, a guy came through a second time and somebody in the branch inside the organization said, oh, sir, did we forget something? And the guy goes, no, I just love this song. And their customers were having a great time going through their drive-thru. What was the difference? Proactively being positive. See, I think we're very reactive. We see what's wrong. We see what we need to correct. We see what we need to fix. Now, I'm going to give you one last tidbit. I think this is a learned behavior. And I've said this a thousand times in my webcasts, in my podcasts, and I'm still going to come back to it. And maybe it'll skip a generation. Who knows? And that is the youth sports syndrome. Now, it's not just youth sports. It can be theater. It can be acting. It can be singing. It can be the, the choir. It can be whatever, you know, topic it is or whatever area it is. And I go back to what kids learn. See, when parents go to teachers, when they go to coaches and they complain, the message a kid will often interpret is, oh, so it's not my fault. I'm getting screwed over by the teacher and the coach. They don't like me. I cannot tell you, after 30 years of coaching volleyball, how much I hear that. It drives me nuts. No teacher, no coach ever goes into that profession with the ultimate pursuit of upsetting a child or a parent intentionally. Does it happen? Sure. Life isn't fair. So when you think about high school and you think about college, do we really in our educational system, again, no pot shot at our educational systems, do we really prepare people for teamwork, the acceptance of feedback, why they own their attitude coming into a place of work? Typically not, if rarely ever. So think about that, high school and college. Assuming someone goes through the quote-unquote traditional educational route, think about that. Eight years, almost a decade, and they enter this thing called the workplace culture. Now what's expected is teamwork. I'm going to give you feedback. I'm going to give you constructive feedback. 
You've got to interact well with others. You've got to get back to people from other departments. You're creating a perception of yourself. That's a lot. So think about proactively building a positive workplace culture. So here's your 30-day test. What if you personally, for 30 days, for the rest of January, January 2021, when I produced this podcast episode, you called people into the office for positive feedback. You sent one or two cards home to your employees, specifically telling them where they're excelling, where they're producing great work. Three, you call one person into a session, whether it be a virtual session or an in-person session, and your boss is there, and you only praise that employee. What if you did that just for 30 days? One, I'm even saying don't even do traditional coaching. Just proactively provide positivity. What would happen to your workplace culture? Would it fall apart? Would it create discord? Would it get people angry? Would it cause fights? Of course not. Yet often, when we coach, when we manage, when we mentor, when we lead, things we say are sometimes taken out of context. Because often they're done in reaction to something where perceptions are altered, meaning a lot of times our perception of what we hear, what we see, or what we reflect upon is different than that of a person who may be experiencing it. So our objective as leaders should always be to create a workplace culture that people feel comfortable getting feedback, where people are pursuing positivity on their own, not in reaction to constructive feedback. And that's the difference we need to pursue in 2021 and beyond. The pandemic was terrible. We all get that. Yet our workplace cultures, the ones that really thrived through this, much like the credit union in the East Coast, who's singing and dancing in a branch drive through they're proactive. They had a culture that sustained and embraced a pandemic and to a certain extent, utilized it to even breed more positivity. Think about that. And then you have companies who say, well, I didn't have time to coach my people. Oh, by the way, now you've got to coach them, converse with them, communicate with them virtually. And you weren't really doing that in person as much as you could have before that. How do you think they survived? Did they thrive? Maybe they just survived. Workplace cultures have to, at its foundation, have leaders across the board that drive proactively positivity. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called Coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called Coach to You. We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.